Okay, we've been talking about living in the light of God. And the way we enter into the light of God, first of all, we need to do a very honest evaluation of our life. So as we uh, open our life before God and be, uh, and be honest with ourselves, then we'll be able to see things that uh, we might not be able to if we just go through life without uh, sitting down and, and, and do an honest evaluation. And then the second way we can enter into the light of God is through the word of others. Others speak into our life because they see things that we do not see. Okay? And then the third area, which is what we are going to talk about, is we need God to open our eyes so that we can see. So we're talking about having our spiritual eyes to be open so that uh, we can see what God wants us to see. So, uh, indeed, it's, it's, not, it's not so easy to have our eyes open, our spiritual eyes open, uh, even by God. Why? You look at the example of the Pharisees and the Sadducees when Jesus came. Jesus came being the light of the Word. Jesus came with the Word of God. And yet there was so much resistance from this particular group of people, the religious leader, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus was struggling with them to try and bring forth the light into their life. And yet there was so much resistance and opposition. So what is the two causes from this group of people that, that caused them to, to, to be not able to, to open their spiritual eyes? The first thing is the tradition of man. The culture that has been, that has been established to years and years and years. You know, it's very difficult to break this cultural uh, 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 values that is in our life. Okay, we know that uh, Chinese New Year is coming soon. We have some Chinese tradition that has been passed down from centuries, right? And so, uh, for some people, the, some of these, uh, these uh, superstitious sort of uh, uh, ways, you know, for them to break through this sort of culture, this sort of uh, 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 tradition is hard. Is hard, okay? So that's why uh, it's, it's not so easy to, to try and uh, having a, a, a new, new eyesight. And then the second reason uh, why it's hard to, to break through is the religious mindset, okay? It's a religious mindset that is in the people. You see, when we have light, but only a little bit of light, Right? Just like the Pharisees, they know the law. They know what is written in black and white. But then they also have darkness because of their interpretation of the law, which is not according to the heart of God. Yes, God is a righteous judge. Yes, God will judge sin. God will punish sin. But yet God is a merciful God. So the Pharisees, they have this part. God is a righteous judge. God will, you know, will deal with sin. So they are very harsh. They are very judgmental in their approach. 
But then they don't have this other light that God is merciful. God is a father. God wants to restore life. They don't have this part. You see? So the religious thinking, the religious uh, mindset that they have caused them not to be able to open their eyes. And some of us, indeed, we have some light. Whatever you, you, know, you have inside you, that is of the truth. So because you have been holding on to it, and yet that truth, the interpretation of that truth, somehow come into conflict with other parts of Scripture, because you hold so dearly to this part, sometimes it's so hard for you to enter into the new wineskin, you know, to, to embrace the, the new light and revelation that God is bringing in, into your life at this time. Do you understand the struggle that we have? Okay, so we really need God to open our eyes so that we can see what He wants us to see. I want you to look into the book of Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 19, uh, just to start with. Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 19. It's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians church. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened or opened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparable great power for us who believe. Okay, so, in order for the eyes of our heart to be open, to be able to see, we need God. To open it, we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may be able to see. i just give you an illustration of you know, the working of revelation uh, and wisdom in our life. Uh, and, and if you don't have it, you just don't have it. You know, the, 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 the gate of my house I don't know if I'm, for what reason, if I use my control, it will sort of close and hit, you know, the, 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 the side so hard that it will bounce back. It wouldn't open, okay? And every time John went and checked, somehow it, it, it played out, it, it behaved it, uh, itself. So John never find a problem, you know? But every morning... Uh, so I knew some, probably the reason he said maybe because the battery is too charged out too strong, so that's why it happens. Okay, so every morning I'll be there. I know you'll bounce back, so I stand there. If, if, I, if I forgot then, you know, I thought I'd close the gate, but it bounced back. So I knew three times. It bang one time, come back. Okay, I press again. Bang another time, come back. The third time, bang, that's done. You know, because it wears itself up, so so it will close properly. So I every morning I just do that, keep pressing and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then one day talking to Dorcas, she said, you know, before it closed, I press. You know, I press. 
So simple. You know, you press then it stops, right? It doesn't bang on the thing and bounce back and you stand there like an idiot waiting for it to do three times and then, and then it closes properly. Such a simple thing. But yet, I just cannot see it. I just do not have the wisdom to operate on that. Right? So if you don't see it, you just don't see it. That's why we need revelation. We need God to speak to us or somebody to speak to us and then, oh, okay, how simple it is. Okay? So that is what Paul is praying for the Ephesian Christians. That your eyes, the heart of your eyes may be open that God's spirit of revelation and wisdom may come upon you. Okay? So, don't think that we know so much. We may know certain things well, but there are a lot of things we don't know. We need God to open our eyes. But looking at this verse, uh, this prayer of, of the Apostle Paul, there are three things that we must know in order to know Jesus better. Because we say, hey, we want to know Jesus better. I want to know Jesus better. That is probably our cliche in, 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 you know, among Christians. You know, oh, when... Just now, we sing about, we want more love, more power. How do you have more love and more power? You think we just zoom, receive it like that? You see? So there are three things that we must know in order to know God better. Okay? We're going to look into that. So let's look at this prayer, uh, but we're just going to talk about the first one this morning. Okay, he says, Sapajie. I pray that, verse 18, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, number one, the hope to which He has called you. Okay? Number two, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. Number three, His incomparable great power for us who believe. So if you want to know Jesus better, these are the three things that Paul prayed for them. And these are the three things that we need to and we must know in increasing measure in order for us to know Jesus better. So, so it talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Paul prayed that they have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they may know. So if, if it's a matter of knowledge, knowing in our mind, why do you need the spirit of wisdom? You don't need the spirit of wisdom. You just need the spirit of revelation. So when Paul talks about knowing Jesus, it's not a head knowledge that he's talking about. But rather we know him more and more so that we can manifest his nature, his glory, who he is in us and through us. And we need to know, know, have the wisdom to know how to apply those truths so that it works for us. That's why he prayed for the wisdom and revelation. Right? So when, I, when we say about knowing Jesus, we're not talking about head knowledge. You know, you read a book, maybe you know something. But we're talking about revelation and wisdom so that we know how to use and uh, apply the truth. So that we know how to live in the light. Remember we talked about that uh, last week? Live in the light so that the truth will work in us. And manifest through us. Okay, so we, we talk about, last week we mentioned a little bit about the second coming of Jesus. And there are people who have revelation. 
And they know the Antichrist is coming. Right? That's, that's what the Word of God says. But because they do not have wisdom, so they use human wisdom to try and plan and how they can be protected, how they can be saved, you know, if the events happen. And that's why a lot of ridiculous things happen. Uh, 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 people uh, buy farm, want to go into a farm and be self-sufficient, you know, just in case Antichrist come, uh, you have no, no credit, uh, no number, you know, that, 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 that barcode uh, because, because uh, to, to trade, so you, you cannot buy anything, so you better be self-sufficient. You see, it's, it's, there's a little bit of wisdom in it, but this is human wisdom, Right? Uh, so that's why we need the spirit of wisdom to, to accompany the spirit of revelation so that we can truly understand the heart of God, how to go about things. Okay, so what is the spirit of wisdom in that kind of situation I shared with you last week? When you run out of food, manna will drop from heaven. Okay? When you run out of food, even the ravens will bring you food. The widow's oil never run dry. The flour never run dry. So that's the God we serve. Right? Not a little God that, well, you know, that, that we are so afraid of what's coming and then we do use our own human ways and trying to prepare. You know, you live in Tao, you can buy a farmland. If you live in Tokyo, you're waiting to die. There's no hope for you if you believe in Jesus, if, if you believe that kind of teaching. You understand what I'm saying? So we really need the spirit of wisdom to accompany the spirit of revelation in order uh, uh, to, to walk in, in, in the light. And then one thing here, Paul is saying, I keep asking, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom revelation. Keep asking. So revelation comes progressively. Right now we understand in, in part. As we grow, as we walk with God, we understand more. So Paul is praying, I keep asking. So this is the, the desire that we should have if we want God to open our eyes. We need to keep asking God to open our eyes because the revelation that we had was history. Right? Today, what is God speaking? Today, what is God revealing about, you know, uh, what's happening now? So we need to keep asking, keep desiring in order for our eyes to be open. Okay? So do not hold on to your old wine skin or else your eyes will not be open. Okay? But be humble, be, 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 be simple, okay, to receive what God is saying to us. And then, and then where the people have the revelation, where the people's eyes are open, the way they talk about God, then you know whether they got a revelation or not. Okay, just now I mentioned, I'll give you an example about people who, who seems to have eyes open, revelation about second coming. And when they, did, when they talk about how to escape, how to, how to uh, prepare themselves for the coming of, of the, the evil one, then you know they don't know God. Their eyes are not open. Because their God is so small, right? The way they talk about it, as if they are the one who can save themselves. 
So their God is so small. So, so you know they have a little, maybe a little bit of revelation, but they have a lot of darkness inside. So you just be careful, you know, listening to this, this kind of people. But Paul, he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Our Lord Jesus Christ. So he, he knows who Jesus is. And that's why he wants them to open their eyes so that they see more of Jesus. Because they need to see this, this, this Jesus, this, the Lord, Jesus Christ, who He is. How He can save them, how He can redeem them, how He can protect them. Yeah? So that, that's how Paul talked about. And then the Father, the Father is a glorious Father. When you have a glorious Father, how do you respond and react to what's going on? You know? No matter how tough situation is, there is that, there is that joy, there is that hope, there is that, wow, there is that faith because you have a glorious Father who is taking care of you. You see, so the way people talk about God, you know whether their eyes are open or whether they are not open. Right? So be careful, people with a little bit of light, but they are darkness they are bringing to you. So they bring fear, they bring uh, sort of despondence and, 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 and pessimism. How do you face the future? You know, because the Antichrist is so great and if he doesn't, Jesus doesn't come quick and then we'll be finished. Wow, what kind of Jesus do you have? What kind of God do you have? This is not what Paul is talking about. Okay, now it talks about uh, that we may... in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. That's the first thing we want to talk about now. So, so that we may know the hope that He has called us. The hope that He has called us. So when we talk about hope, what are we talking about? We're talking about salvation. So that you may know the salvation that He has called you into. So from here, you understand that we have so limited understanding about this hope or this salvation because we associate salvation with Jesus coming to save me so that I am delivered from hell into to, to, to heaven. And that's my future. That's my hope. My hope is up there. That's our limited understanding. Okay, see, woman... If that is all there is, there's nothing more to know. You already know it all. Your hope is up there. Right? It's in the, you know, He's calling you, He's delivering from hell to heaven. What's there to know? Nothing. You already know it all. But Paul is praying that you may know. You may know this hope. You may know this salvation that He has called you into. So this is really a very limited understanding of salvation. Uh, what salvation is all about. And uh, I want you to read again uh, the verse that I shared with you last week, Revelation 12, 10. You know, in there, the angel proclaimed to, to us three things. Well, in fact, four things, but it can be classified three things. That's exactly the same as Paul's prayer, what we need to know. Okay, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now 
have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. So the angels was proclaiming to, to us, to the people of God, what is happening. He's, he said now, when, when Satan is cast down, when Satan is defeated, what happened? He said now, at that time, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of Christ. So just now Paul prayed that you may know the hope of your calling, right? And the glorious inheritance in the saints and the, and the authority of Christ. That was the three things that he, he, he prayed, okay? So here we have four things. There's salvation and the power. At first I thought power, you know, you just link it up with authority, then that's it. It's that three things. But God's order is always perfect. That was my understanding. You see, salvation always comes accompanied by power. So the two things are together, salvation and power. The order was not wrong. The order was perfect. Salvation and power. That's the first thing that the angels were claim to us that we have when, G when Satan was defeated. We have salvation and power. So Paul's prayer, you know, that we may know our glorious inheritance. What is our glorious inheritance in the saints? It's a kingdom. So that's, that's mentioned here. And then the third thing, the authority of Christ is the same here, right? Uh, so you can see what the angels proclaim and want us to know is what Paul is praying that we must know so that we may know Jesus better. Salvation, the, the hope that we have, the hope, hope that we have uh, uh, in Christ. Salvation has come and the power. So when we, when we Understand salvation in His fullness. Salvation is not restricted to just saving you, delivering you to heaven. Salvation works in you every day of your life. Every day of your life. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. He said, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. So the early Christians, when they have salvation, they have hope in this life. Paul is reminding them that if you only have hope in this life, you don't have hope in the future, the resurrection, then you're, you're, you're most pitiful. Okay, but at least we know they have hope in this life when they believe in Jesus. But today, some Christians, we should read it this way. If only in the next life you have hope, you are of all men most miserable, right? Christian who believe we have hope of going to heaven, but here they don't see salvation working. We are most miserable of all men. Okay, it's both. In this life, we have hope. In the in future, we have hope because salvation works the moment we believe in Jesus and it continues until eternity, uh, into eternity. So in this life, we have hope. That means salvation works in your daily situation, in your problems. Whatever situation you're going through, whatever hardship you're going through, God's salvation, 
wants to come in. And it's whether you believe, just like you believe in Jesus, whether you believe or not. Okay, we really need to know and, and let salvation work for us in, in our life. Okay, that's why you can live your life in joy and gladness and in victory and in confidence because we have salvation, not just in death. You know, we rejoice, but in life we rejoice because we have salvation, right? So there shouldn't be any pessimistic Christian on this earth if you know Jesus. Because you have salvation. But if you just believe salvation is coming in the future, well, you'll be miserable because there, there are a lot of challenges we face in this, in this life. Okay, and then to another verse. Romans 5, 17. Romans 5, 17. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gifts of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So the abundant provision of grace that brought about salvation, that brought about the righteousness of God is for us to reign in life. Reign in life. This life. Okay, let, let me read it to you, huh? He said, for, for, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned, because of one man, because of Adam, death reigned. How? In our life, on this earth, death reigned, right? How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness Ring in life to one man, Christ Jesus. So the Word of God is, is very clear. The abundant provision of grace is to bring salvation to us, but is to bring salvation in every area of our life now. And even in the area that we fail, there is the gift of righteousness that is working. So it's not us. It's not how good, how clever, how powerful, you know, how capable we are. It has nothing to do with us. It's the salvation of God that is coming, the grace of God that is coming into our life. Whatever we do is because of the grace of God. We want to depend on the grace of God so that we may reign in life so that we have nothing to boast. We have nothing to boast. Not nothing to boast because we're going to heaven, but nothing to boast because we're reigning in life. Is the grace of God, is the is 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 the is the power of God that's working in our life. That's why we're reigning in life. That's why we're successful in life. That's why we're capable. It's the grace of God, so that we have nothing to boast. So grace, when we talk about salvation by grace, I hope this morning you're you're, you're getting what I'm saying. The grace is not just salvation by grace going to heaven. The grace is now in your life, working in you, working in your situation, bringing salvation to your situation. Salvation to your body is grace, is grace, is grace working in our life all the time. The moment we believe in Jesus. So, so that's why Paul is saying that you may know the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. So can you see this morning, the hope of His calling is, is everything. 
is life. It's life. And that's why we need to know more and more and depend more and more upon this hope that He has given to us. So I want to read you that passage in Ephesians 2 that talks about salvation. And we always equate it as salvation, saving us from hell uh, into heaven. But I want you to begin to look at it in the context this morning of what I'm saying. It has to do with our life here. It has to do with now. Not just about salvation, so nobody should boast because Jesus saved us. And we're just thinking about that, you see. But it's every area of our life. So I want you to, to tune your mind in that frame when you look at it and you will see what, what I want to share with you. Okay, let's start with verse 1. We're going to read up to verse 10, but let's start with verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your, trans- in your transgressions and sin. Uh, maybe I read up to verse 3 and then the Chinese. In which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the craving of our sinful nature and following its desire and thoughts like the rest we were by nature objects of wrath. Okay, so you see, this few verses just talking about us living in this world, facing, uh, we, we, we are dead in our trespasses, we are cut off from the life of God, and then the, 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 the power of the enemies is working in our life, right? Uh, These few verses just describe that, and our future is the judgment of God, uh, uh, the, the, the punishment uh, for, for the sin that we have committed. Okay, and then now let's read uh, verse 4 uh, and verse 5. So, 第四,第五节,我们先看. Uh, but because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, make us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Okay, so we were dead where? In this world, in this life, under the dominion of, of, of Satan. But now, because of the love of God and, uh, uh, and His mercy, He has made us alive in Christ. By grace, we have been saved. Saved from what? Saved from the demonic influence that is working in this life. Saved from the, the, the death uh, that we are uh, struggling in this life. Saved from all these things. It's, it's talking about salvation in everyday life. He's not talking about saving you to heaven. He's talking about in this life. But we have always associated this safe meaning, oh, we are going to heaven. No, it's about this life. And God raises up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now where was Satan? He was on earth, right? He was working in our life, right? In order to save us, the first thing that God needs to do is to deliver us and lift us up to be seated with Christ. So that we have authority, we have power over Him who was working in our life on earth. So now we are raised in that position. So I'm trying to 
impress upon you. It's talking about here. It's talking about now. It's not talking about when you get to heaven. Right? So we are, we are seated in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages, He might show His incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness in Christ. So, so we're lifted up so that God will uh, uh, shower His grace, His, His, His continuously, His grace upon us because it's not us. It's not us who can fight the devil. It's not us who have defeated the devil. Some of us, we pray as if we are the one who, because our prayer, defeat the devil. It's not. He has already defeated the devil. You understand? So we are, we are just entering in by His grace. We have victory. Because He has won it. He has done it for us. By His grace. So that's why there is the confidence that we have in Him, not in our Prayer. Not in how, you know, uh, we, we pray when we are fighting demons, uh, a demonic spirit because it's His grace. His grace, His abundant provision that He shows to us through His kindness, even though at times, as I say, we are weak, maybe we fail, but because of His grace, we are still, still victorious. You know, we were not defeated because we are weak. We were defeated because of our unbelief. You see the difference? If we believe in the victory of Jesus, we will always be victorious. Not because whether we are weak or strong, because He has the victory. But we are defeated because of unbelief. We do not believe in what Jesus has done. And therefore we are defeated. Because He has won the victory. Are you getting something, seeing something different this morning? It's His grace that we have victory. Okay, by His grace, not because of, of anything. That's why He said in verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Through faith. This is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Remember, we always equate this verse as salvation. No, this morning is more than that. Our hope our blessed hope is greater than that, just going to heaven. It has to do with everything we do on earth. Right? It's His grace. So that you cannot boast. Not, not getting into heaven, you cannot boast. But here on earth, everything we've accomplished is His grace. We cannot boast. We just honor Him. And verse 9 and 10. Not by works, so that no one can boast. In other words, not your effort. Not what you're trying and trying and trying by your own effort, you know, your own working. Not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So in the past, when I read this portion of Scripture, when I come to verse 10, I always felt that somehow... It's not like what he was talking about. Certainly he talks about, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good work which God prepared in advance for us to do. I don't know whether you have that kind of feeling. The previous verses, according to my previous understanding, was talking about salvation, going to heaven, nothing that we can boast. And then certainly he talks about we are God's workmanship on earth uh, created to do good work. Somehow it doesn't, like, doesn't tally with what was talking about before. But this morning, when we look at the scripture in this way, grace has to do with everything we do on earth. 
and this is what is talking about the things that we do on earth, then it makes sense. It's just consistent with, with, with what uh, uh, we have talked about previously. Okay? So, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ, Jesus to do good work. Again, it's talking about here, now, not heaven. Uh, to, to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, so we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work. So in other words, God has not finished with us yet. His grace is still coming. His grace is still working in your life to shape you, uh, to work in you so that you become like Him. Created in Christ Jesus. So God is working. It's by His grace. He's working in our life so that we become like Him. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. It tells us that before, before we came into this world, God already knew us. It tells us that we have a destiny. So now when we get to know Jesus better and better, when we know the hope of our calling, we will be able to enter into our calling and destiny. If we do not, somehow we are falling short. We, we do not know what God wants from us, right? So we are falling short. But this morning, if you can see that it is God's grace working in our life, giving us this hope in every situation, so now we can rise up and be the person He wants us to be, allow Him to work in us, to become the person that He wants us to be, then we will be walking into our destiny. What God has called us, what God has prepared before the creation of the world. So, so this morning, the, the reason why we can enter into the destiny that God has for us is because of His grace that's in our life working in us. So if we continue to, to, to know the calling that He has for us, the great calling that He has for us is to reign in life, is to reign with Jesus on this earth as well as in the next, right? Okay, on this earth. Then we will be able to walk into our destiny, we'll be able to walk into our calling. Even our victory is by God's grace. Uh, we mentioned that just now. Uh, in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That's the gift of God. Now, even our victory is a gift of God. It's God's grace upon our life. It's God's favor upon our life. So that's why we, we really love God and really appreciate Him and really worship Him, wanting Him, everything that, 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 that we can have with Him because we know His grace, His abundant grace will just be showering upon our life. So this morning, don't look just at yourself. We need to look at ourselves to know where we are. But don't look at ourselves. Look to Him. Look to what He can do, what His grace can, can do for us. And so just trust in His grace. Okay, this is the hope that we, uh, the hope of our salvation. This is what salvation is all about. Okay, it's everything. It's not just going to heaven. So this morning, let, let us understand more and more about the salvation of God. Uh, in our life. Amen.